Our Lord and our Father, we thank you so much for uh, this moment that you gather us together, uh, regardless of uh, where we are. Uh, Lord, there is no distance in the realm of the Spirit. And Lord, we know that uh, your Spirit is with us wherever we are. So, Lord, as we fellowship and as we um, look into your word, I pray that uh, your spirit, your scripture tells us that he will will bring us into all truth, will actually bring us into all truth, even as we look at uh, overcoming uh, the opposition. And so be magnified and glorified as we share in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's a joy to be in fellowship with all of us. And uh, uh, God um, is uh, with us. And I know that the Lord has a word for each one of us, even as we talk about overcoming opposition. Uh, this word opposition is very common in, in political circles, I think. <laughs> yeah, but we all relate to, uh, uh, this because, uh, there are many things that we, uh, we do or we try to do. All things that we have done and nothing comes on a silver platter, brethren. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but uh, I always tell people that uh, in my life, it has been a fight, <laughs> literally everything. And you really find it in scripture too, that even when God has promised uh, people something, um, it just doesn't uh, come to them uh, without without a fight. I think the common example that comes to my heart and my mind is the one of the the children of Israel. God had spoken prophetically to Abraham uh, 400 years or so before they are uh, uh, being delivered from Egypt. He'd spoken to Abraham and told him that uh, uh, a time is going to come when your descendants will go to a certain land. And uh, uh, they will go through uh, a lot of persecution, but I will uh, raise a deliverer who will bring them out. Yeah, um, and you all know that uh, Israel's coming out of Egypt was not a piece of cake. Even after the Lord had spoken to Moses uh, to go and bring the people out, uh, when Moses faced Pharaoh, you know how Pharaoh put on, uh, put up very steep, uh, very stiff opposition, um, a number of times. Even when God demonstrated his power, uh, Pharaoh still insisted that the children of Israel would not, uh, leave Egypt. And even after God, apparently brought judgment upon Egypt through the killing of the firstborn. For a moment, there was uh, a kind of uh, yielding on the part of the Egyptians to let 
uh, are the children of God go. But you all know according to the story that as they were just uh, camping at the Red Sea, the Egyptians again came in hot pursuit. Yeah, so even when you experience a season of seeming ease, you cannot let down the guard and think, well, <laughs> I think uh, all opposition has been dealt with. Somehow, uh, the enemy uh, manufactures something to make it difficult for you to experience what God has promised. And I think that is why the Lord even said that from the days of John the Baptist, uh, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. I like that version, forcefully advancing and forceful men uh, take hold uh, of it. Yeah, so uh, that's just to remind us, my brothers and sisters, that uh, uh, if you are facing or have been facing uh, a lot of struggle and a lot of opposition. Um, what you're going through is not a strange thing. I think it was James writing uh, to, to the believers when he told them that uh, uh, do not be overwhelmed when, when strange things happen. Yeah? When you're going through all, all manner of hardships. You know? Uh, and so opposition is not something that uh, is strange to us. We, we experience uh, opposition or resistance at various levels. And the scripture is full of uh, accounts uh, of opposition uh, across the board. I just came across a few of them that I wanted to put across. But I'm really going to uh, center my, my sharing more on, uh, on uh, the Nehemiah approach of dealing with the opposition. Yeah, but before I get there, First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, uh, Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, he says that a great and effectual door had been opened for him, but there were many who opposed him. There were many adversaries. You know, a door being opened, you know, when, when, when in, in the natural, when, when a door is opened, um, you feel like, well, the door is open, I'm just going to, to walk through. But Paul is saying that even after the door had been opened, there was opposition eh, against him not to go through the door that God has opened. And maybe in your life, God has opened a number of doors, but as you're trying to walk through them, <laughs> some, somehow uh, you find that... Uh, it's not a smooth. It's not a smooth. Uh, it's not a smooth sail. Uh, Paul again in Second Timothy chapter three verse eight. He says uh, he talks about James and Jabrez, who withstood Moses. You know, uh, James and Jabrez who withstood Moses, even as Moses was doing what God had called him to do in leading the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt towards the promised land. You know. These two guys were just but 
a few of the many people who withstood Moses. You know, when you read, you read the book of, of Numbers, several you find opposition against Moses. You find the people murmuring against him. You know, at some point you find the real people who should have encouraged him. Eh? He's in a circle. Eh? He's in a circle people. You know, Aaron and Miriam, you know, they also start up to to, uh, to to criticize him and to oppose him okay? and then his uh, his board of leaders you know people that he was supposed to be uh, uh, leading with you know at some point they rose up you know the company of Korah eh? Dothan and Abiram how they stood against Moses so um, that is also yet another example well those two examples are are more associated with the uh, opposition that that manifests in the natural realm you know you know but uh there, there is also opposition that manifests in the natural realm but has roots in the spiritual realm in daniel chapter 10 from verse 12 to verse 16 you find uh the the, the messenger of the lord speaking to daniel daniel was seeking god about a vision he had received and and he'd been in, 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 in a time of waiting upon the Lord, uh, a lengthy time, you know, of uh, about three weeks or so. And then in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, verse 16, the messenger of the Lord comes and speaks to Daniel these words. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard. Can you imagine? But from the time... You prayed, God had, you know, and then he says, and I have come in response to them. Verse 13, but the prince of Persia, the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there by the prince of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in future, for the vision concerns the future. Daniel chapter 10 from verse 20 to 21 also uh, uh, also alludes to this resistance from the spiritual realm. Uh, and this is what it says. So he said, do you know why I have come to you soon i will return to fight against the prince of persia and when i go the prince of greece will come but first i will tell you what is written in the book of the truth no one supports me against them except michael your prince brethren these two portions of scripture from daniel you know they depict a resistance or an opposition in the realm of the spirit. You know, there are certain times that uh, there is no physical manifestation yet of the resistance that you're going through, you know, as you're praying, you know. But you can, I, 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 yeah, but you can see in this text of scripture that Daniel had waited upon God hmm, 21 days. Eh? And the moment he started humbling himself, the Lord sent the answer, you know, but from the time he, he begins to pray, it takes 21 days, you know, for the angel who has given the message to bring to Daniel, to break through the realm of the spirit, to reach where Daniel was. Well, this helps me to understand why, pressure, why prayer sometimes is so difficult, 
it also helps me appreciate why uh, prayer is uh, probably one of the least, you know, attended uh, attended uh, attended uh, meetings, you know, because you see there is a lot of resistance. There are so many times I'm sure that you can you you you, you uh, there are so many times probably that things have happened in your life where you 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 feel the urge to pray, you know, but somehow there is uh, there is a heaviness, there is a heaviness, you know, and you need to, to, to persist. And one of the ways of overcoming resistance or overcoming opposition is persistence, is perseverance, you know. Uh, I remember one of, of the brothers saying it's persistence that wears away every, every resistance. Yeah, so opposition can manifest in the spiritual realm. It can manifest in the natural. It can even manifest eh, in the in the in the in the in the uh, emotional realm or in the mind. In Acts chapter thirteen, verse six to verse twelve, there is another account of opposition in ministry. This is opposition in ministry. In this particular account. Uh, there was uh, a man called Elimas, the sorcerer. And this is what the text says. Uh, they, they, they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer, a Jewish sorcerer, and a false prophet named Bar Jesus, who was the uh, attendant of the preconcil. Sergius Paulus. The preconcil was an intelligent man sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimas the sorcerer, for that was that is what his name means means opposed them and tried to turn the preconcil from the faith. Verse ten: You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the, the right, right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of, of the sun. Immediately a mist of darkness came over him and he he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the preconcil saw what had happened, he believed and he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. So, brethren, you see, even in ministry, you know, Paul is 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 said to minister to the preconcil, but there is a sorcerer, and that's why we need to deal with sorcerer even as we pray. There is a sorcerer, you know, who is not only functioning in the realm of the spirit, but is also putting across his opposition in the physical, and much and. The opposition that we see in the physical also has spiritual roots. So when we are dealing with opposition, you know, you need to understand that it 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 it, it is it manifests not only in one realm but it manifests across realms, you know. And uh, you need to know how to deal with it. You can see that here, Paul uh, rebukes. Uh, this 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 uh, this sorcerer and pronounces the judgment of God. 
you know, against this, the sorcerer. And you know, the scriptures, the scriptures are very clear about sorcerers, you know. There's a scripture that says that, uh, that, that do not permit a witch to live, you know. Some of those scriptures give us ground, you know, on how to deal, yeah, on how to deal with opposition that manifests uh, against our lives, you know, especially through uh, sorcery. My brothers and sisters, let me now draw our attention to the various examples that are put across in 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 the book of 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 Nehemiah, even as uh, even as we continue uh, to share. Uh, Nehemiah is probably one of the the, the 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 books in the Bible, you know, that is punctuated with a lot a lot of of opposition. Uh, and uh, there is the number of of of, of uh, lessons out of this book on how to deal uh, with opposition. Brethren, you know how Nehemiah, you know, had a burden. And this burden, uh, he, he, he cultivated his burden through intercession in the book, in Nehemiah chapter 1. You know, he has this uh, burden of restoring the broken walls and the burnt gates uh, of, of Jerusalem. And so he has a burden. And because of this burden, he goes uh, to the place uh, of prayer. And we'll find that through our sharing, there is no better way of dealing with the opposition okay, than, than uh, uh, through, uh, uh, through, uh, uh, through the weapon of prayer. You will see that across. So Nehemiah goes to the place of prayer, you know, to cultivate this burden that the Lord uh, had given to him uh, in his heart. And brethren, uh, anything that we want to do in life, anything that we want to do in ministry, anything that God has called us to do must first of all be cultivated. It must be uh, nurtured, you know. It must be grown first in prayer, you know. If we do not cultivate what we want to do in prayer, when opposition comes, you will not be able to stand. Let me repeat that. If God has given you an idea or a vision or a burden, and you do not first of all cultivate it in prayer you know when opposition comes you will easily give up you know uh, and so you can find that uh, after Nehemiah uh, cultivates his burden in prayer God grants him favor before the king and is given permission uh, to go forth you know and uh, execute this rebuilding uh, rebuilding project you know, and in addition to that, uh, the, 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 the king, eh, after, uh, in addition to giving him permission, the king also grants him resources, you know, uh, he grants him resources uh, to, to do this rebuilding. You see, but in Nehemiah chapter 2 from verse 9 to verse 10, opposition begins to, 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 to show up. There was a man called Sanballat and another one called Tobiah. You know, the Ammonite in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. The scripture says that Nehemiah, the, the scripture says that Sanballat, the, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, the official, when they had, when they had about the burden that was in Nehemiah's heart, you know, and the fact that he had been given permission, the scripture says that they were disturbed. 
You know, there are many people who can get disturbed because the Lord has favored you, because the Lord has opened the door for you, because the Lord has granted you the leeway to go ahead, you know, and execute uh, the, 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 the vision that God has, has given to you. They were angry and they were disturbed, you know, and the scripture says that they were disturbed because someone was coming to promote the welfare of the children of Israel. You can see that here opposition manifests and the reason for this opposition is there is a bunch of people who don't want who don't want others you know who don't want others to get well who don't want others to be blessed you know and my brothers and sisters there are many people sometimes around us eh who instead of 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 uh, celebrating with you when the Lord uh, grants you success, there are people who just get offended eh, that God is blessing you, eh? and then the enemy takes advantage of that and begins to use them uh, uh, to put up uh, some kind of uh, some kind of resistance, and so you find that this is happening uh, in 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 Nehemiah's life. But I like Nehemiah's reaction you know when nehemiah gets to know that these guys are not happy nehemiah doesn't respond yeah? nehemiah doesn't respond physically he doesn't put on a fight and you know my brothers and sisters it reminds me about uh, uh the scripture in ephesians chapter 6 you know i think from verse 12 which reminds us that we do not wage war against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against rulers you know the mistake sometimes that we make you know is to try to fight in the flesh to fight in the physical when we are dealing with people that oppose us you know nehemiah just kept silent nehemiah did not even did not even publish you know, did not even publish what he was going to do. Yeah? So the only information these opposers had was that someone was seeking the wealth. The, 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 uh, uh, someone was 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 working towards the welfare of of the children of Israel. But Nehemiah did not physically respond. He did not even tell them, tell anyone what he was going to do next. The scripture says in Nehemiah chapter two. You know. Uh, from verse 11 to verse 12, you see that Nehemiah decided to make a journey without telling anyone. He even did it at night to go and inspect the walls yeah, of Jerusalem. And you know, my brothers and sisters, sometimes the mistake we make yeah, is just to begin to publish yeah, everything that God has put in our hearts, you know, uh, and by publishing it, uh, uh, without God's leading, we are giving ammunition to those that oppose us. We are giving ammunition to the to, to the enemy. And you know the story that comes to the story that comes to me uh, that is related to this is the story of uh, of Joseph. I think we all know the story of Joseph, uh, brethren. You know how uh, uh, Joseph. Uh, when the Lord gives him these, these, these visions, he just goes ahead and, and probably without wisdom, he, he, he tells his brothers, you know, uh, these, these, these dreams. And you know, that fuels the hatred, uh, that, uh, Joseph eventually encounters. 
And I know that scripture says all things work out for the good of those who love the Lord. But sometimes our lack of wisdom on how to deal with the opposition, you know, sometimes even worsens things. You see, but Nehemiah here decides uh, to keep uh, quiet. He goes ahead to inspect the wall. And at an opportune time, he now shares uh, the vision with the, with the children, uh, uh, with the children of, of, of Israel. You know, and that is in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 to verse 18. He goes ahead and he, he now, it is, the time is right to share the vision. He tells the people, do you see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in rains and it gets burnt with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. Uh, I told them about the gracious hand of the Lord that was upon me. And what the king had said to me, they replied, let us start rebuilding. They began uh, this uh, good work. So at an opportune time, he shares, he shares the vision. But you see, as soon as he shares the vision, the opposition is again in place. You know, and what does the opposition do? In Nehemiah 2.19, they ridicule and they mock, you know. And uh, they begin to, to put across false accusation, you know. And uh, we need to know how the opposition manifests. In this particular case, the opposition manifested by, by ridiculing uh, what Nehemiah was about to do, by mocking uh, the people, and by accusing them, by falsely accusing uh, accusing. Uh, Choosing Nehemiah and the people. But again, I like uh, Nehemiah's response. In Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 20, you know, Nehemiah just acknowledges that God is in charge. And one of the key ways of, 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 of dealing uh, with the opposition eh, is to always, uh, to always let God have his way. You need to let God have his way. You know, that's what Nehemiah did. He said God is in charge. The other thing that Nehemiah does is that he shows unwavering commitment. He shows unwavering commitment to the task. You know, one of the things that the opposition wants you to do is to get sidetracked. But Nehemiah shows unwavering commitment to the task that God had given to him. One of the ways of overcoming the opposition is not to allow yourself to be sidetracked from what God eh, has given uh, to you. And then the other thing that Nehemiah does is uh, he openly speaks to the opposition and he puts them in their place. He tells them you have no portion in what the Lord has given to us. You know, he puts the opposition in its place. And it reminds me about how the Lord dealt with the Pharisees. You see, the Lord was just forthright hmm, about the Pharisees. You know, at, at one point, he even called them whitewashed tombs. You know, he called them hypocrites. He called them, he, he, he put them in their place. He put them in their place. And you know, brethren, there comes a time as you deal with the opposition, you know, there comes a time when you have to put them in their place, you know, and you see that uh, happening uh, in, uh, in, in, in Nehemiah uh, chapter 2 and verse 20. Well, brethren, even as I grow towards uh, the close, 
uh, I can't finish all this. You find that in chapter 3 of Nehemiah, you know, chapter 3 is like a peaceful chapter, you know. In chapter 3, you don't find the opposition rising again. Eh? And you know, when I thought about that, the whole of chapter 3, you don't see any element of opposition. And yet it's a, it's a, a pretty long, long chapter. It just reminded me about the fact that sometimes the enemy eh, can leave you for until an opportune time. In Luke chapter 4 verse 13, the scripture says, after Satan, you know, had uh, tempted the Lord, he left him until an opportune time. So just because there is no, no manifestation of any opposition doesn't mean the opposition is not there. People in military talk about what they call a tactical withdraw. You know, sometimes the enemy will tactically withdraw just to wait for an opportune time when you've let the guard down and then he comes in like a flood. You know, so in chapter three, you don't see any uh, any, any, any opposition. You see, but when you read chapter 4, you'll find that the opposition against Nehemiah and the people goes into overdrive. You know, the, 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 the opposition eh, throws one punch after another eh, in, uh, in, Nehemiah, uh, in Nehemiah chapter, uh, chapter 4. And brethren, there comes times in your life Eh? When it looks like you're going through one attack after another, one attack after another. And that is what you find uh, in Nehemiah uh, chapter 4. But I like the way that Nehemiah deals with, uh, with, with, uh, 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 with, with the opposition, you know. Again, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 1, the opposition begins by, by ridiculing what... Uh, what uh, uh, Nehemiah does, and you know, many times the enemy would want to 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 <clears throat> to insult you or to 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 dilute or to downplay what you're doing, you know, uh, to make you uh, to, to make you discouraged. One of the ways uh, the, the, the the opposition will operate is to discourage. Yeah? It is to discourage, and that's why in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, God uh, speaks to Joshua and he tells him, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. You know, you know, one of the weapons that the opposition uses is discouragement. You know, they talked sarcastically eh, against what uh, Nehemiah was doing. And then they asked so many questions. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 2, they asked so many questions. Number one, what are these feeble Jews doing? Number two, will they restore the world? Number three, will they over sacrifices? Number four, will they finish in a day? Number five, can they bring the stones back to life from heaps of rubble, burnt as they are? You know, and that reminds me about Genesis chapter three, how when the enemy comes uh, uh, to tempt Eve, he also begins with a question. You know, the the, the, the enemy will put questions in your mind to make you doubt, eh? to make you doubt. You see, but I like Nehemiah's response. Nehemiah's response is prayer in Nehemiah chapter four. From verse 4 to 5, Nehemiah goes into prayer. You know, when this new wave of opposition comes, he goes into 
prayer. And I like the way he prays. You know, he, he says, hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their heads. Give them over as planned in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. You know, Nehemiah goes goes to God in prayer as if he's going to court. Eh? He goes to present a case about the opposition before the Lord. And that's the same thing in Acts chapter 4 from verse, I think from verse 23. You know, when the disciples are threatened, you know, after they are released, they go to God in prayer and they present the case to God in prayer. And so one of the ways of dealing with the opposition is to present the case to God in prayer. There is a king who was uh, threatened by so many enemies and they wrote him a letter. And the scripture says he went and spread the letter before God in prayer. You know, and so whenever opposition comes, you know, you capture the details and go and present the details the way the, the opposition has presented them before the Lord in prayer. You know, in doing, in doing that, you are surrendering the battle. It's like you're saying the battle, uh, the battle, uh, belongs, uh, uh, belongs to the Lord. Let me just fast forward and, and draw, uh, uh, towards, uh, towards uh, 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 the clause. Uh, well, brethren, the opposition doesn't stop. It looks like the opposition Nehemiah was experiencing was moving from one level, one level to another. Even as they progressed with the rebuilding project, every time they made progress, the opposition even grew worse. At first, there were only three people opposing. But in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 7, eh, you know you find that... Uh, 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 the opposition now even grows in number. You know, it says Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod. You know, now the opposition is growing in number. And scripture says when the enemy comes in as a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift a standard, you know, against him and put uh, him to flight. And in Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 9, you see Nehemiah again responding through prayer. You know, the scripture says, but we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. You see, he takes prayer to another level. He does not just have a moment of prayer. He begins praying through the watches. You know, they are saying they, they posted a guard day and night. You see, that's why the scripture tells us to watch and to pray. When you're dealing with the opposition, you cannot let the guard down. You know, and the other challenge that begins to show up is that now the opposition shifts from being external to being internal. You know, there are certain internal challenges that begin to happen. Brethren, sometimes the opposition, you know, is not external. The opposition can even be from among you, from within the fellowship. You know, it is it even becomes more difficult if the opposition manifests. Eh, from among, eh, from among, among the brethren. You know, they began to, 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 uh, to, call, to, to say certain things that, uh, that were draining the strengths of the others. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10, it says, the strength of the laborers is 
giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. You see, doubt is beginning to manifest from within the camp. You see, it is sometimes easier to deal with the enemy outside, but it's complicated to deal with the enemy within. When the opposition manifests, you know, from within the fellowship, you know, that is quite sophisticated, you know, you know, but Nehemiah still deals, eh, eh, uh, still deals with that, you know, uh, uh, Nehemiah uh, still uh, deals with, with that. He refuses to listen to the crowd. And you know, my brothers and sisters, there is sometimes, there are certain times you need to discern eh, the spirit that is operating among the people that are within. You know, you need to discern. You see, like Jesus was able to discern the spirit that was operating through Peter. When Peter said Jesus was not supposed to go to the cross, the Lord turned to Peter and rebuked Satan. You know, he said, get behind me, Satan. You know, so when you're dealing with the opposition, you need to be able to discern the spirit in which people are operating eh, and to deal eh, and to deal with it. You know, Nehemiah, Nehemiah refuses to listen to, to, to what the people were saying. I'm sure he discerned that they were operating in a spirit, in a spirit of fear. And how he responds is that he, he stations a guard, you know, he deploys people, you know, he does what they call strategic deployment of troops. That is Nehemiah chapter four, eh, from verse 13 to verse 14. And I will end with this. You know, therefore, I stationed some people behind the lowest points of the wall and the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the, of the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families and your sons and your daughters, your wives. And your homes. These are the points that the Lord was showing me out of that portion of scripture. Number one, Nehemiah strategically deploys the troops. If you're going to deal with the opposition, you need to strategically position the troops, you know, in prayer. You know, you need to do what we call strategic intercession. You know, my brothers and sisters, when opposition comes, you know, you need to discern in the realm of the spirit what stronghold you are dealing with. You know, sometimes even the way we pray, you know, we are targeting the wrong thing. You know, you, you need to pray strategically. You need to deal with, 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 with the actual root. You know, you don't just cut the branches. You need to deal with the actual root eh, of the problem. Nehemiah strategically deployed the, the troops. Number two, he thoroughly equipped the troops. You know, if you're dealing with the opposition, you need to be thoroughly equipped. You see, that's why the scripture tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the strategies of the opposer, the strategies of the, of, of the enemy. You need to be thoroughly equipped to deal with the opposition. Number three, Nehemiah assessed the state of affairs eh, from a battle standpoint. You know, he assessed the state. You see, that's why we, we do spiritual mapping. You need to assess the state eh, of affairs. When you are dealing with the opposition, you know, you need to do spiritual mapping. You need to do a diagnosis just the way that the, the doctors do. You need to do a diagnosis, you know, of this opposition from a spiritual standpoint, you know, so that you can deal 
eh, so that you can deal decisively with the opposition. You know, number four, he built the faith of the troops. He built the faith of the people. The scripture teaches us about the shield of faith that extinguishes the flaming arrows of the enemy. You need to build the faith of the people. Eh? You need to build your faith. You need to have your faith uh, built. Number five, you know, he he told the people the purpose of the fight. He told them, you guys, let's be strong and fight for our families, for our sons, and for our daughters. You know, you need to be purpose-driven to deal with the opposition. You see, that's how Jesus was able to deal. You know, one time they threatened him that Herod was coming eh, to deal to 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 to, to uh, Herod was coming to attack him, and he just answered. He said, "Go and tell that fox." You know, I do my work today and tomorrow and the third day I'm finished. You know, you know, he, Jesus was always purpose driven. One of the things that the opposition wants is for you to lose direction. You know, you need always to remind yourself the purpose for which you are doing what God has called you uh, uh, to do. Number six, he operated with divine intelligence. Okay? The scripture says in Nehemiah chapter four, and verse 15 that God exposed eh, what the enemies were planning and when the enemies got to know that God had these guys had known eh, what they were plotting they gave up you know we need to operate with divine intelligence you know you need to to hear what God is saying eh, about the opposition you know, God, God is amazing. He tells us things if we are willing to listen. He tells us things. You know, he used to tell Elisha what, what, what the, the enemy king was planning. And Elisha would tell it to the king of Israel. You know, uh, so God exposed what the enemy was planning. And when the enemies got to know, they gave, uh, they gave up. My Brothers and sisters, in the interest of time, I am not going to go through uh, the rest of the the content, but let me just say uh, the last thing. In Nehemiah uh, 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 chapter 6 and verse 16, the scripture says, when all our enemies okay, heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of the Lord. At some point, you know, as you continue eh, uh, in prayer, you know, as you continue uh, fixing your eyes on the or on the task and the purpose for which God eh, has called you to do a particular thing, you know, Nehemiah chapter six and verse sixteen will come. A time comes, you know, when the enemy's back is broken, when the opposition's back is broken, you know. In Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 16 says, when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our Lord. I close by saying that uh, as long as we stay steady and focused on what the Lord has called us to do as individuals, but also as uh, a body of Christ, you know, as families, yeah, a time will come when victory will actually manifest uh, against, uh, against, against uh, the, the enemy. 
And so my brothers and sisters, may God uh, help us as we go through various uh, circumstances, as we experience all kinds of opposition. May some of these lessons from the book of Nehemiah help us even as we, uh, even as we deal uh, with the enemy from a spiritual uh, standpoint. May we equip eh, ourselves you know, uh, may we uh, fix our eyes on the Lord. May we always be reminded that victory uh, comes from the Lord. And may we listen uh, to the Lord even as we deal with uh, uh, the opposition that comes our way. Our Lord and our Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you continue to use this word in our lives to help us uh, to deal and to overcome uh, the enemy. You promise us. Oh God, that uh, uh, victory, uh, that you grant us, you grant us victory. The scripture says that you lead us in a triumphal procession. And so Lord, lead us in a triumphal procession today, even as we attend to the tasks uh, that we are supposed to attend to. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.